that boy's good. It's Vinny's View on the home of the Suns, Arizona Sports. Presented by Revitalize Weight Loss and Wellness. Eat smart, lose weight, keep it off with Revitalize. Proud nutrition partner of your Phoenix Suns. We got spoiled. For two years, basketball fans in the Valley were spoiled by a very good team with amazing chemistry, the ability to stay healthy and compete every night, and we saw the results. A trip to the NBA Finals in 2021 and the most regular season wins in franchise history last year. Those days are over. The Phoenix Suns lost their sixth straight game Sunday night, falling to the Cleveland Cavaliers 112-98 at Footprint Center, a loss that drops their record under 500 for the first time this season. And once again, a team just looking for some good news on the injury front will have to wait longer to get it. DeAndre Ayton tweaked his left ankle after a shot attempt left the game with just over four minutes to play. Ankles, knees, groins, and hips. That's what the Suns are dealing with. They played Sunday night uh, without point guard Chris Paul who was out with hip soreness just a game after he played only 12 minutes in Friday's loss to Miami. On a side, I'm not doubting the validity of Paul's injury, especially since he's been on record several times saying if he's healthy, he's playing. But what I can't stand is the NBA's use of verbiage. Yeah, words. I get teams want to be vague when it comes to injuries affecting its players, but soreness isn't an injury. And I think I can speak for a frustrated fan base when I say that that word showing up in an injury report leads to a whole lot of eye rolling. $35 million a year and soreness is going to keep you in street clothes? Maybe the NHL is right about this. Maybe the NBA needs to be more vague in its injury report. You know, just go with upper body injury or lower body injury. I know I'd much rather read that on a daily basis than see the word soreness keep popping up. Anyway, I can put my issues with language on hold for a second because the real issue with the 2022-23 Suns is that they're not equipped to win when Devin Booker is not on the court. And that should not be the case in year three of a so-called championship window. Vinny's View presented by Revitalize Weight Loss and Wellness. Eat smart, lose weight, keep it off with Revitalize, proud nutrition partner of the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, Suns lose last night, 112-98 in a game where for 36 minutes, Bick, I think we saw about the... The, the top level compete that this team has as currently constructed. Mm-hmm. And I think, honestly, I think Cleveland kind of went through the motions, especially defensively for three quarters. And then, then when they ramped up the defense, the game was over. That was what was the most alarming thing to me. Dwayne Washington had a moment there for a while yes. and he was pumping up the crowd and they went to timeout. And I thought, okay, this is good. They can, if they can just get this game over Cleveland and delay this inevitable about falling below 500. And then suddenly it was like Cleveland's like, okay, it's time to care now. And the game was over. Yeah, this is uh, this has really been jarring watching all of this happen before our eyes. And, yep. and granted, look, you, you you can't have expectations for different results when Chris Paul and Devin Booker and campaign and Cam Johnson when they're not available. It's it it's it's nonsensical to think that you can have different outcomes. But again, it's the the, the optics of it all for a team like this to be. You know, so impenetrable during the regular season last year, and now to be saddled with 21 losses under 500, that's a tough, that's a tough optic to deal with. Yes, and they're on the, you know, hanging on by a thread in the, in the playoff picture in the Western Conference right now, which is still jumbled, still very muddled. But uh, here's Monty Williams and what happened in the fourth quarter last night. Yeah, I mean, their defense picked up, they put pressure on us and um, kept us from getting into any kind of flow on offense, and um, they converted a bunch of our 
turnovers. I mean, the turnovers were pretty close, but they got they were plus nine, and the ones that happened in the fourth, like that, just gave them a, a lot of momentum. But I thought our guys were. You know, every time we needed to get a few stops, when Donovan got going, we blitzed him a couple of times. That helped us. You know, we just stayed the course as best we could. And then we got to the fourth, and we just didn't have enough to withstand um, their defensive pressure. And uh, they kept us on our heels in the fourth, and we had a few turnovers and a few late clock situations that put us in mud. Yeah, I mean, the first nine-plus minutes of the fourth quarter, Big, the Sun scored six points. Mm-hmm. They finished with 19, and a lot of that was cosmetic at the end. You know, hitting hitting some threes as the crowd was filing out. I get it. Uh, it's alarming to see, to use your word, it's alarming to see a Phoenix Suns team in this era struggle to score the oh, basketball the yeah. way that they Four are. Four straight games, right? Four straight games under 100 points. Um, and they even started out hot last night. And, and I, I think you could point to the defense overall being better, but... I think the Cavs hit 12 of their first, or maybe 13 of their first 14 shots. They shot over 65% in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So the defense isn't there quite yet either. Uh, this is just a really, really tough stretch. It's frustrating, though, because, you know, in, in real time, you look at it and say, yeah, they got a bunch of guys injured, and that's understandable. But go back to how this team was constructed or the failures in that construction. And last night, what stood out was Landry Shamit starting at the point guard spot. You don't have campaign. Chris Paul can't go. Why there isn't a third point guard on this roster is a mystery yeah. to a lot of people. Uh huh. And, yeah. and that there's really, a lot of mysteries, Vinny. With a better ball handler and a better initiator, that might have been a winnable game last night. Yes, yes. There's look. There's a lot of mysteries going on. Whether it's Jay Crowder, whether it's veto power of the owner, and what that really means in the present. Whether um, it's it's these uh, this these continuation of series of guys who who are need, needing lengthy lengthy time to to kind of get right. Finally, I don't know. I you, you just hope that if, if this team now is kind of settling on, we're just going to roll the dice. We're going to get in and roll the dice and hope for the best I, wow that seems gotta like, get in first i, well, I know that's i mean the, that's there is the key that. and I, I you know before i left for vacation i made that point is like this is not the year necessarily to to do that because of all the parity especially in the western conference but every day that passes and with every loss that appears to be a more apt strategy i mean jay crowder at the heart of it, and I'm very my frustration with that situation grows with every loss, and I think I, I'm speaking for a you lot are. of Suns fans. Yes, you are, because again, the stance from both sides makes no sense with the information that we have. No, uh, it also makes maybe this is being held up because I could see other teams being completely turned off by what Jay Crowder has done to the Phoenix Suns this mm-hmm. year. So maybe there's no market for him, but at this point. You know, if you're a middling team and you're going to struggle to get in through the, through the play-in, are you going to give up an expiring contract for maybe somebody who's got years left on his contract to help this year's team? They're right on that at that fork in the road. Which way do we go? And the fact two weeks the- ago, you you thought maybe they're going to bring in some reinforcements. I'm not so sure that's going this to happen. This is a now. 64 win team from a year ago, a team that had 2-0 lead in the NBA Finals two years ago. Mm-hmm. Concurrently, that was 18 months ago, and now we're talking about letting contracts expire yes. for flexibility? Yes. Wow. 
I, I, you have to consider all options. Well, right now. no, I, I, I yeah, do you not do. expect you do. But but generally, teams that are in it, they trade those for supplemental pieces. Yes, and, and I did not expect in October wow. when this whole Jay Crowder story broke. And he made it known on social media that he wasn't going to be at training camp. I'm not going to be there. I didn't think we'd be talking about it on January 9th. And we're talking about it on January 9th. Yeah, I I didn't think it was going to go this long, that's for sure. Yeah, so listen, it's funny. You know what's weird about this is that all along uh, all along this season, there's just been this weird abstract belief that big reinforcements are coming. Mm-hmm. Big Flex from Jersey. Don't worry. There's a big plan in place. Well, we could probably, as the week goes on, we could probably get back into revisiting last summer and all the Kevin Durant talk and all the hemming and hawing. Ah, we'd love to have Kevin Durant. We don't want to give up Bridges and Johnson. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, oh, boy. I'll raise my hand as being in the wrong category on that one. I'll admit it. Uh, coming up next, we will open up the phone lines for the final time in the 2022 season, even though it's 2023. This should be fun. Not necessarily <laughs> on la- yesterday's game in San Francisco, but what do the Cardinals do? What should they do? That is the uh, question to you. 602-260-9870. The phone number as we open up the phone lines next on this Big Red Monday. It's Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Big Red Monday and Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Uh, disappointing for the players and then obviously, you know, motivation to be a lot better moving forward. Um, I think as a competitor, that, that's the first thing that you, you think of, um, you know, even watching that team, how talented they are, winning 10 in a row, um, just, you know, what it takes to get there and, and how you can try and be there one day. It's Cliff Kingsbury following yesterday's 38-13 loss, 4-13 and for the Cardinals. They tie the franchise record for most losses in a season. They lose seven straight on their way out. They're out of the playoffs and obviously facing some big... Big questions, existential questions, if you will. We open up the phone lines here on this Big Red Monday at 602-260-9870 to get your thoughts, not on the game, but on the future for the Arizona Cardinals. Let us start with Tom in Gilbert here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Hi, Tom. Well, good morning, gentlemen. I hope you had a great vacation, a happy holiday season, and happy new year to everyone that does this show. I very much enjoy it. Thank you. So I, I want to preface this by saying... My background going up is from minor league baseball and then from there into uh, military. There were two principles that I learned along the way. One was the 10,000-hour principle that uh, that expertise is gained after, like, five years, 40 hours a week, that kind of practice. The other was save hope for Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny because they always deliver. (laughs) We do not rise to the occasion. We sink to our level of preparedness. And that's what I've seen from this Arizona Cardinal team for the last four years. They sink to their level of preparedness. And every other team looks more prepared than they are. And we are one fumble recovery away from being the number one overall seed. And if that's okay with ownership, if that's okay with this organization, I will tell you as a fan, it's not okay with me. Gentlemen, have a great day. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Uh, Yeah, go back to, I mean, the most memorable moment of the season from a competitive standpoint was week two in Las Vegas. Kyler Murray's heroics and the Byron Murphy touchdown. 
If not for that, mm-hmm. the Cardinals would have the number one overall pick. Now, they're not going quarterback, and they still might get the... Oh, but Vinny, the injuries. <laughs> <laughs> so I forgot about those. I apologize. Good call, Tom. We'll keep it going at 602-260-9870. Brad is in Peoria. He's up next here on Arizona Sports. Hi, Brad. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Go ahead, Brett. Are you there? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, no, I got you. All right, so here's my question. So it's been documented that about six weeks ago, uh, Steve Kahn stepped away. And then all of a sudden, about four weeks ago, uh, Blau got brought in. Now, I understand people like Adrian Wilson, you know, are in charge right now. Uh, But it's just that thing where, like, I keep having this nagging suspicion that, like, I think that they brought in Blau specifically because somebody else asked them to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah, so what you're saying is the GM's GMing from some remote location when he's not supposed to be GMing? Is that what you're saying? Or or I'm saying if you have a, a coach that's on the fence, like a Sean Payton, and oh, I see what you're you, saying. you have all these, these oh, rash okay. of injuries, and Sean Payton from, from afar can look and say, okay, I'm very confident that these are not my backup quarterbacks. Or, or again, like well, at the time where Blau was signed, you didn't really have availability to Colt McCoy. You so are it's like, okay, so... Yeah. You're Are these people bringing in somebody thinking. to help somebody yeah. else get a, a a head start on being the general well, manager? Listen, if 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 you if what you're saying is accurate, I think we could all throw a party starting it right immediately. Sarah, Sarah, go get some champagne. Let's. Oh, let's I already have let, some right here. Right. Oh, listen, all due respect, Brad. If I think got, you're reaching. Yeah, if they've got a deal with Sean Payton, and Sean Payton's going, hey, go get David Blau off that practice squad in Minnesota. That's that's the first yeah. thing I want you no, to do. The they would have like, traded for Taysom Hill mid season, then I would have been like, okay, maybe. The more Listen, likely scenario is Kyler Murray got hurt, Colt McCoy got hurt, the Cardinals needed a quarterback, and Cliff Kingsbury, going back to his days as a college coach, recruited David Blau heavily to Texas Tech. He ended up at Purdue, so there was some there was some affinity there, there was some, some knowledge there. Um, I, I think it's Nothing more than that. And I think that also said that they soured on Trace McSorley pretty quickly as... I would agree with that. ...a potential backup next year. Yes. Uh, let's go to George in Tempe, who's up next here on Arizona Sports. Hi, George. Hey, Happy New Year to everybody. You know, uh, I, I I think you have it backwards. I don't think a bold move is firing Cliff Kingsbury. I think the bold move is going to be keeping him. If they don't fire him, I mean, that's it seems like the obvious play to everybody except for, except for Michael Bidwell. So I, I just don't understand how uh, this is even going to be an issue. And, and you're absolutely right that if they if they – Higher from within, it's going to be just a failure of epic proportions. It's just they need to clean house top to bottom. They need to look at this roster heavily. They need to look at that uh, the whole coaching staff, and 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 they need to move on. There's one more thing I wanted to tell you. I've been thinking about this, and it's just no no source, but just kind of a hunch. You know, they were talking about. Uh, Sean Coogler was talking about a case of mistaken identity. Well, you know who kind of looks like Sean Coogler? It's Steve Kynes. So think about that. Well, yeah, we we ha- we have thought about that. That that whole story. I don't know where that story is, uh, or if that story has just died, or what the resolution of the Sean Coogler arbitration case with, case with the NFL is. But it's not the story for today. So let's move. No, on. it's not. Appreciate it, George. And and look, bold. Yeah, firing Cliff Kingsbury is a bold. No, from a, from a competitive standpoint, it's not. From from a financial standpoint, it is. And if you go back to one of those stories that was written by Jeremy Fowler and Josh Weinfuss on ESPN 
and it seemed like Michael Bidwell didn't want to pay Sean Coogler's buyout when Cliff Kingsbury wanted him gone, That's reportedly. Right. That makes the, the you have the thought bubble. If he's not willing to pay the buyout on an assistant coach, mm-hmm. what about Cliff Kingsbury, who got an extension? What about listen, Vance Joseph, yeah. who got an extension, as he as he revealed last week? Yeah, and and that's the thing too. And that's I I have heard. I I can't report this because I've only heard this, but I have heard that there are buyouts in Cliffs and Steve Kimes' contract. So with so that the, the idea that they're fully guaranteed for all the money and all the years, I don't think that's accurate. Let's go to uh, Alex and Phoenix is up next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Hi, Alex. Hey, guys. What's going on? You tell us. Um, hey, what's up? So, yeah, I don't know why I feel like I'm the only one who's this sinking feeling in my stomach that Cliff is going to stay. I don't know about you guys. Um, the fact that they have a meeting later on in the day and not this morning is a little odd. And being a season ticket holder, I feel like, you know, being able to watch film that they put out on the on the Internet, now, there's a lot of open players, but for some reason we don't find them or – or the play call at the situation is just terrible, but he does call plays where there's open players. I just feel like the players don't either catch the ball, someone messes up on a penalty, and that is on Cliff because it's all discipline. Yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. And it's it's I think most most smart football people realize they need an alpha at that head coaching position. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty obvious to everybody. The peer to peer thing doesn't work. Yeah, that was one of the most damning things in that article that I just referenced that came out was Cliff Kingsbury's aversion to, to being that alpha, to having the difficult conversations to confront or call out players that need to call it out because that sets the tone for accountability throughout everyone. And if the head coach is unwilling or unable to do that, that is the tone that permeates throughout a locker room. And I think that was That's a big right. part of what we That's saw right. this season in a four-win year. Exactly. Uh, thanks for all the uh, phone calls. Appreciate it. We will continue this Big Red Monday as Sarah Cazell takes us through the Woo-hoo. big stories of the day with the Rush Hour Reboot. That's straight ahead here on Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Oh, the happiest of Mondays to all of you Valley Sports listeners. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome into the Rush Hour Reboot. I am Sarah Cazell with Dan Bickley. Hey. With Vince Verona. He's back. Okay. Let's boogie. Let's boogie indeed. Let's boogie. Let's boogie. <laughs> and Jarrett Carlin. Get them wings flapping, baby. Yes. <laughs> the Bickley and Murata Mornings crew is back. We're back, baby. Back. For the first time in a long time. And we are here to bring you the top stories of the day. All right. The 2022 season is over for the Arizona Cardinals. It's over. It's done. Don't worry. Oof. Everyone can exhale now. It's it's over. Uh, with their loss to the 49ers yesterday on the road, they finished the season with four wins, which is the lotus, uh, lowest win total in Cliff Kingsbury's four seasons with the Cardinals. Five wins, eight wins, 11 wins, and then four this year. Kingsbury was asked after yesterday's game, are you at all concerned about your job? Um, like I said earlier in the week, it's been all about trying to win this game. Um, each and every week, that, that's been the talk, and, and that's where it's at right now. He was also asked if he expects to have a conversation about his job status. Yeah, we have postseason um, meetings every Monday since I've been here just to talk, wrap up of the season, where we're at, where we're heading, things of that nature. So um, I'm sure tomorrow, just like every year, we'll, we'll get together. All right, around, <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Uh, f- around 5.30 or 5.45 <laughs> this morning, 
ESPN's Adam Schefter put out there that Kingsbury and Michael Bidwill are scheduled to meet this afternoon. And as of now, Kingsbury is holding his end of season press conference at two o'clock today. Who is fired today, guys? Cliff Kingsbury, Steve Kime, both of them or neither of them? Oh, wow. That's a great question. I don't I don't think Steve Kime gets fired today if he is in um, if if he is on some sort of medical leave it's of absence. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know if that I happens. I think that's illegal. Yeah, I think it's illegal. I think you're right. So I don't think that that's going to happen today. Um, I, 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 the question to Cliff Kingsbury. Yes, I believe it will happen. And, it, and to me, it better happen. OK, so one vote for Cliff. I agree with Bick, although I can't get past this. I can't get past this feeling of putting a lot of stock into the injuries. Oh, that, oh yeah. That yeah. weighed up. That uh-huh. weighed up against you know whatever this buyout is in his contract. Like whatever happens, our reactions to the news of the contract extensions of Steve Kime. And Cliff Kingsbury, I believe that was early March. It was March 2nd. March 2nd. Uh, it went kind of semi-viral at the time. It made no sense then. It makes less sense now, but it could be a factor they've, in what or what does not happen today. They've 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 won five of their last 23 games. Oh. They have one home victory basically in the span of two seasons. How anyone could could try to explain this away in injuries. This is the kind of shell game you play if you want to lose the heart and soul and confidence of the Valley. Yeah, if no you question. want to, if you want to assure that that your average sports fan in the Valley reverts to the hometown teams and the teams they grew up cheering, this is the way you do it. I mean, they're already halfway there for the Cardinals. The way you Maybe do it. even further. Yeah, yeah. This this, this is only the way you do it. it. Okay, is there anything to read into? That ESPN's Adam Schefter reported that Bidwill and Cliff uh, Kingsbury are meeting this afternoon rather than this morning. Because most of the Black Monday firings either were last night or yeah, will be this morning. You want to get out ahead of it. You want to show some decisiveness and some authority. The The fact that the, the longer it goes, the longer it, it leads people to, to fear that Cliff is going to come back next year. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. It's 9.36 a.m. on the East Coast, and mm-hmm. we've only had one firing, and that happened last night in, in Houston. I, this I, might be a Black Monday with nobody fired. Really? It, I mean, I think that's a, a scant possibility, but you know, it, it, it's still early. Yeah. I'm not reading much into the afternoon as opposed to the morning. Yeah, okay. not yet. No. Okay. All right, let's get to another Cardinals story. J.J. Uh, Watt. Final game of his NFL career yesterday. He logged two sacks in the game that brought his career total to 114 and a half sacks, which puts him at number 24 on the all-time sacks list. Here is J.J. Watt after the game. Uh, I said I wanted to go out playing good ball, and I'm playing good ball. So, um, you know, I know I still can. I'm just choosing not to. That's all. He says, I know I still can. I'm just choosing not to. Would you guys be surprised if J.J. Watt pulled a Tom Brady at some point, unretired, came back and played a little bit more? I would be stunned. Yeah, no, I, I think I think he's done. I, I think it. everything that comes off him is a guy that is kind of scripted his ending exactly the way he wants it. Yes, and uh, everything that comes off of him, especially in the last few months with the growth of his family, it comes off as the exact 180 degree opposite of Tom Brady. Mm. This is a guy who wants to be with his family. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's true. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, 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 no you're true. not. It's you're true. not. No, you're not. And that's a very cute baby. Uh, all right, let's get to the Phoenix Suns quickly. We're not going to talk about them a ton today. Six straight losses now after last night's loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers, 112-98. Uh, the Suns were down only one going into the fourth quarter, uh, but the Cavs went into a new gear in the fourth and pulled away with seemingly very little resistance from the Suns. Here is the head coach, Monty Williams, after the game saying he is frustrated. Yeah, it's deflating. You know, when you, I think it was a one-point game going into the fourth, you're like, okay, we're at home. You know, a couple things go our way. We could turn this thing and, and get a win. And then when it doesn't, I mean, you'd be crazy to try to say that you're not upset about that. All right, that loss drops them to sub-500 for the first time in a long time, certainly the first time this season. The Suns are 20-21, and 21, and starting tomorrow, they've got a rough four-game road trip at the Warriors, at the Nuggets, at the Timberwolves, at the Grizzlies. Then they're back home against the Nets, Pacers, Grizzlies again, Hornets, and Mavericks. Like I said, six straight losses for the Suns. How long do you fear that this losing streak could get? It, it, it could easily reach double digits. I think Cam Johnson is is very close to coming back. I was mm-hmm. watching him work out before the game yesterday and just doing the agility drills, and he's really pushing it and doing a lot of lateral movement. That's a plus, but it, it, it could reach that way because, I mean, as currently constructed, again, this, this team's got to count on one or two things, and that is hot shooting by them, and they're not a good shooting team right now. Yeah. Uh, or a team that just doesn't show up, and that's what happened in Memphis. They were more together in Memphis than they are right now. But, um, you know, the Suns are marked. People see the Suns on the schedule as they are currently put together, and they're like, that's a win. Yeah. And, and it yes. doesn't take much to, to, to get that win right and now. It's a, and it's an enjoyable win, and it's a payback win for a lot of yes, teams. Yes. They're, they're encountering a lot of stuff right now, and not a lot of it is good. And and Cam Johnson by himself is not going to make all that much of a difference. Cam, Cam. Johnson, Cam Johnson, Johnson as as a as a role supplemental guy with a with a healthy team, he can make a dramatic. I impact. agree. Mm-hmm. By himself, don't don't hey, don't look for hero ball from Cam Johnson. No, I agree, but it, it is at least a little it's, bit of relief because they they yeah. just need bodies right now. Mm-hmm. Johnson. 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 All right, the college football season <laughs> ends tonight with a national championship game. It's Georgia and TCU in Los Angeles. Georgia is going for its second straight national title. While TCU's one title was all the way back in 1938 when the AP just said, congratulations, you are the national champion. Remember that team? <laughs> Baby O'Brien! <laughs> uh... Uh, Brian was on. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, do you guys have any rooting interest in this game? What are you hoping for out of tonight's national? I find it really difficult to root for Stetson Bennett. So I find it Max very Duggan. easy to root for Max Duggan. Yeah, and Johnston. Look, he's fine. Yeah, I look at college football through the ASU lens, and that's not easy to do these days. But if TCU can win a national championship. That is a sign that, and I'm not saying that that's a bad program. It's not. It's been a very good program. But where were they last year? This is a right. one-year ascension to the biggest stage in college football. It shows, it's that rare reminder that it's possible yes. to come in from the outside yeah. and make noise. You don't have yeah. to be Alabama. You yes. don't have to be Clemson or 
Not yeah, listen, college football that. every year, they succeed in, in, in letting all the air out of the tires. So by the time the uh, championship game gets here, people are like, oh, yeah, I forgot. That sport's still going on. I, I Yes, I'm with Vinny. I'd like to see TCU win just for the yeah. just for the perception of it all. Are we all TCU, Jared? You as well? Or are you going for Georgia? I don't care at all. I don't care. Okay. We have three TCUs and I don't care. If it's one, not Alabama. extension. Alabama is the one team I truly hate and root against. And the only one? ASU, but... That, so, otherwise, whatever. I don't care if Georgia wins again. Okay. All right. There you go. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you. We're all rebooted. Yes, Rush Hour Reboot every morning at 7.30. Coming up next, a season of, uh, off-season of extreme possibilities one way or the other. We'll continue to talk about the Cardinals' future and how it could hinge today. That's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Here we go! Quick! Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports. Let's go! Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! You know, I think it'll be pretty significant. You know, I don't know what that'll look like. You know, you have the, um, the administration side of it, the, the GM side of it, you have the, the coaching side of it. And anytime you have a season like this where you don't make the playoffs and you, know, you have a season like this, you know there are going to be changes. You just don't know what uh, and how uh, extensive those changes will be. So, you know, the next couple of days, um, you know, next couple of weeks, you'll you figure out, you know, what direction uh, the team is going in. It's Calvin Beecham, Cardinals right tackle, speaking with Paul Calvisi on the Cardinals radio network after yesterday's 38-13 loss to the 49ers to cap the season. And yes, Calvin Beecham is a uh, smart man. By the way, applause to Calvin Beecham and Jalen mm-hmm. Thompson, the only two Cardinals who started all 17 games this year. How about that? One on offense, <laughs> one on defense. Wow. No, props to both of them. That's, that's, that's a significant accomplishment. And especially Kelvin Beecham, who was playing through some injuries at a position group on the offensive line, which was ravaged. I mean, there was nobody left from the original offensive line by the end of the season. And that, again, you, know, you, can, you can criticize the design. When you've got uh, two guys on your starting five on the offensive line who were contemplating retirement last offseason, this is how it could go, and that's how it went. Yeah, uh, There will be significant change. We knew that with the number of unrestricted free agents the Cardinals have. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you add in the retirement of J.J. Watt on top of that. Uh, there will be significant personnel changes from a player standpoint. What we're focusing on today is will there be significant changes in the makeup of the front office? Yes. In the coaching staff? Yes. Um, it's easy for me to say, I, 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 this is where it gets weird. People people get upset when you advocate for, for change. Because, oh, you're talking about people's livelihoods. This is the business. No, this is the business. This it's, is the business. It, right, right. And I think, you know, I, 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 can I make a case for, for any coach coming back at this point? I, no, I, it, listen, if they fired the whole staff, it would make sense to me. No, and that and that I think is what people are are expecting. And again, it's not just the idea of fixing this football team; it's the idea of this football team feels to a lot of diehard longtime fans like they're on a spaceship to yesteryear, like they're going back to the bad old days, the yes. dark ages. That's I, what it feels like. I said it to you off the air I, as somebody who sat through those years. This yesterday, the last month well, has felt like the early '90s Phoenix Cardinals. Yeah. Yes, and so this has been a season in which Michael Bidwell has brought the Super Bowl to Glendale. He's put his father in the ring of honor, and there's just a feeling that that he's lost his competitive fire or or doesn't want to disrupt the comfort zone in which he operates.
beats the Cardinals by bringing in an outsider. And that has been a that's been that's right out of the Bidwill family playbook. And that is what is under the microscope today. Is this is the owner of the Cardinals willing to to step out of his comfort zone and do something his team very obviously needs? And and I think that's why what's coming down today is going to hit very hard one way or another. And that is because there was a belief and I spun this narrative as columnist at the Arizona Republic for a better part of a decade that Michael Bidwell was the savior of this franchise because he atoned for the competitive sins of his. His father, with all due respect to Bill Bidwell, who was a very generous man, and I'm sure he was a great father. He was one of the NFL's worst owners in history. You can look it up. That's not opinion. It you can look it up. And it, we've been in this situation before with Bill Bidwell's Cardinals. And after um, a period of dysfunction under Vince Tobin and a gigantic, awful loss to the Cowboys, he promoted Dave McGinnis to head coach. Now, Dave McGinnis is a great guy, fully competent, competent, but he was part of the culture. He went 17 and 40 in the next three years. And so they just kicked the can down the road. Was that the fault of the coaches? No, it was a broken organization that did not care about winning at the level of its competitors. And that is the way to kill a sports town. If you want to create a sports town in which which one out of four fans actually cheer for the home team and three out of four cheer for other teams, that's the route you go. That's how you do it. And that that's why what's going to happen today is so profound in the Valley, because if they if Michael Bidwell stands back and thinks to solve this problem, all I have to do is is replace uh, Steve Kime with Quentin Harris. With all due respect, I've I've talked to Quentin Harris. I know Quentin Harris a little bit. He's a great dude. He's got 15 years in the organization Okay, this would feel way too much like the same old, same old, same old, right? I, because it's an organization that went from Bob Ferguson to Rod Graves as general manager. Rod Graves way in over his head, gave it to Steve Kime, up, down, up, down, 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 down. And now we're at a point in time where what do you do? You quite clearly need a different architect here. Um, it, it, what what the general manager has done to this team and this roster out of states of desperation in the past four years is very, very serious. They gave away – he gave away draft picks, the number one draft pick for Hollywood Brown, who is not all that. Certainly not a number one wide receiver. Look, I have not been impressed. And, and no, I think you can make the argument and, – and I know I did during the course of the year that Hollywood Brown was decent. Decent. That's the, way the word. this season ended, though, you're looking for a little bit more from a guy like Hollywood a, Brown. A linebacker is covering him on a deep route yesterday. There was not a whole lot of want to listen. Yeah. So, so to me, and I'm not doing it to throw shade on him. I'm doing it to say the waste, the draft picks, the capital. Robbie Anderson, the, dra- the, the draft pick thrown away for him. And now this football team is sitting there with the third overall pick in the draft. Third. There can be no mistakes going forward. This is not a time for in-house promotions, inexperience, grow on the job. This guy's due. This person deserves it. 
But that, these would all be signs of an unserious football organization. And what you are outlining is absolutely fair. Just look at the records, look at the results, look at the failures in, 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 in roster construction. But then you add the whole other layer on of the dysfunction off the field in this organization from assistant coaches to the general manager. It's unlike a year we've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe... Across the NFL, in in terms of turmoil and dysfunction, this was about the pinnacle that I can remember. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if that doesn't lead to the the prescription, not being more cowbell, but being top to bottom change, Mm -hmm. a perfect opportunity to flush it and move on with a fresh fresh sets of eyes New culture. from the outside. New culture. It's badly needed here. The Giants go out and hire Brian Dable. Made all the difference in the world. The Jaguars went out and hired Doug Peterson. It's made all the difference in the, the world. The Lions two years ago when they brought in Dan Campbell. Different look and a, and a controversial hire. Yeah. But they also made sweeping changes throughout the organization. And you're starting to see the results. Right. You're seeing a bunch of guys that love playing for him. Right. And... They're damn competitive. That's a good football team mm-hmm. they have in Detroit, mm-hmm. even though they're not going to the playoffs. So, you know, I, I think apologists will make a case that Cliff Kingsbury never had a shot this year, and I think you could make that case. And in, 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 in a standalone year, you might be able to make that case. It doesn't change the fact that he's not qualified to be an NFL head coach. doesn't change the fact that he's had four years to get Kyler Murray elevated, and, and they've had one playoff appearance on his rookie contract and no playoff victories on his rookie contract. doesn't change any of that. So you you can come up with all the excuses you want. It doesn't get away from the fact that you need to get better people running this organization with less interference. I wonder what the subject of the Bickley Blast will be today. Oh, I don't know. Maybe golf. <laughs> John Rahm had a great comeback yesterday. Wait, what is it? Kapalua. Yeah. That's in the oh, blast. look at this. Look at Vinny. Oh, that's pretty good, Vinny. I'm, I'm refreshed, Bick. Uh, you sounded, bro. <laughs> Big's got your blast next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.